Hello, and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore Experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart, and in this episode, we're talking with Mark Cassidy. Mark is an independent Sitecore developer, and most recently, it submitted a request to Stack Exchange, the question and answer folks, to have a dedicated Sitecore Stack Exchange site uh, created. Uh, that site went through private beta and most recently went to public beta. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Derek. I'm happy to be here. Now, before we started recording here, you and I were talking about uh, kind of your background with Sitecore and kind of how you came to the platform. Uh, you certainly are no spring chicken when it comes to working with Sitecore. I was wondering if you could maybe for the folks at home kind of go into a little bit of how you came to the Sitecore platform and uh, kind of your experience on it. All right. Yeah, it's it's true. I've been uh, doing Sitecore for actually, I think I just passed 11 years now. Um, so it basically, in the late 90s and early, early turn of the millennium, uh, like so many other people doing web development, I was involved with a consulting company who had their own in-house built sort of CMS system. Certainly not CMS systems like we see them today, but that was, you know, the common thing at the time. And we had a number of clients and, uh, one of the clients had a number of brands uh, which we were doing websites for. And then one day uh, the client came to us and said, you know what, the brand or this department for this brand, they actually want to go with Sitecore for their site. They want to, because the salespeople of Sitecore had convinced them that this was a better choice and they're probably right. But so they came to us and says, could we, could we build the site on Sitecore instead? And uh, the consulting company of the event, uh, yeah, sure, if you want to, and, and we'll get some developers certified and uh, and get the ball going. And I was then... Uh, one of the volunteers. I didn't know at the time what I <laughs> had got myself into, but so I volunteered for this along with one other guy, and uh, we went off for training. Um, this was site called Five Point One, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, came back, and then uh, you know our bosses looked at us and said, "Okay, fine, build the site," <laughs> and we looked at each other and were like, "Okay." So uh, turns out. Just doing training, never having been exposed to Sitecore is not really, it wasn't for us anyway enough to actually be able to build the site from ground up. Um, so we told this and explained this and we got an, an experienced Sitecore consultant involved from a one of the early Sitecore partners uh, who came to help us and to work with us and uh, basically understanding how Sitecore information architecture should be done. And because we didn't have, I mean, we had some knowledge, but we didn't have any clue of best practices or anything like that. So yeah, he worked with us and um, we got the site done. Uh, I'd hate to look at the code today, but uh, you know, we got it done. It got working. And I think overall the, the, the brand team was happy with it. And it was sort of after that, that I, uh, I sort of enjoyed this whole cycle. I enjoyed the, the, the CMS system, even, even, I mean, flawed as Sitecore 5.1, you could argue it was, it had many shortcomings, but it was still far more advanced than anything we could ever cook up as a little, as a little agency. So I, I sort of got hooked on that and said, okay, fine. Uh, this is something I want to, I want to do more of. And, um, so I decided to quit my job basically. And I, I sought employment with the partner who had helped us. Turns out that was a code house in Denmark. And, and that's, that's how this whole thing 
got started, right? I started working with them, building uh, the first couple of uh, solutions with a lot of help uh, because, I mean, these guys, the guy who helped us, he he started back when Sidecore was version 3.0 or 4.0. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, he, he'd been around the block already then, right? And, uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, and it sort of just went hand in hand from there. Uh uh, Sidecore started expanding into the UK market, so did Codehouse. I followed. I was. I, I've always been very interested in travel, working in different countries. That's just a personal thing of mine. I've, I've moved around a lot because I, I enjoy the experience of working in new countries and the the sort of perspective that gives. So uh, when um, pretty soon, the in London they needed uh, someone with some Sidecore experience to come over there and help train the local hires uh, on Sidecore. And when I heard that, I was like, that's my that's my cue. <laughs> so I went. And, uh, I, you know, it's a 10-year-long story, so I'll just basically take the, the highlights highlights for now. But then uh, as it went, uh, Sidecore UK started expanding a lot, uh, signing up a lot of new partners. And that's when I decided to get into uh, contracting because I, I realized that signing up new partners is all fine and well, but they need, they don't have the sidecore expertise in-house, not at that time because it was all very new. Um, so I was helping them, um, you know, win, win offers and proposals and win some business. And, uh, once they wanted, are helping them get their developers trained and certified and, and basically doing for them what, what this guy from Codehouse has done for us, helped them do their first implementation and, you know, have a reasonable success out of the first build, which is never easy. So now, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you are, uh, after coming out of the UK, you are now currently based in Switzerland. Is that correct? Yes, I am. So, um, so yeah, I've been, uh, been in the UK for, for a number of years now. Obviously, uh, the market is, is very different. It's very London centric. And I personally, I just had enough of London. It's, uh, it's a fantastic place to experience and, and live, but I, I wouldn't live there forever. It's, it's, it's too hectic for me, I think. Well, it's um, not cheap. So either. I worked out of, uh, yeah, it's pricey, but that's, I mean, that's, that's not even the worst of it because everything is so close. So even though rent is insanely expensive in London, the cost of living isn't, I didn't find it to be horrible. Um, but I just I just wanted to try something new, and for me it was always my the core of my business was always helping out uh, upstart partners or, or without a much established customer base on Sitecore and so on. So I moved out to Bristol back when when that that was sort of like at the time it was mentioned to be the new Silicon Valley of the the UK or at least the Southwest. I'm not so sure you can call it that, but um, nevertheless, there's a lot of digital agencies out there, and now nowadays there's quite many. Psycho partners out there. So yeah, I did that for how long was it? Uh, two, three years or so. And um, and then essentially, so my wife is uh, is is German. Uh, she's from Bavaria, the southern part of Germany, and we had long discussed moving to to Germany because of that, because it would be easier for her. She, I mean, her English is fine, but she felt more at home in Germany. So we started looking at opportunities, and then uh, instead of Germany, we actually ended up in the northeastern part of Switzerland, which is almost the same. Uh, and basically, the idea being that uh, I, I feel the whole Dach region, that Germany, Switzerland, Austria. There's a, there's, there's not so much sidecore going on as I feel there should be, or maybe there is, and I just don't know it. But I'm hoping I can sort of repeat the pattern of, uh, trying to help out more partners in, in this region and, uh, 
and get involved and just have a new experience doing that. And it's a it's a big challenge for me. I know, I mean, especially language. I know German to some extent, but I, I'm really training hard to get my language skills up. Um, that's sort of a my personal challenge in it all. And then, uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. I've been here about a year now. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I, I mean, kind of going back to something you said uh, about kind of wanting to help people get started on the platform, I think that dovetails quite nicely into the sense of community that's on, um, on the Sitecore platform. Um, you know, it's, you know, for something that is technically a paid product, it's not an open source content management system like a WordPress or a Drupal or a Joomla or anything like that. Um, it, it is not. Uh, not only is it paid, but it's, it's not a, you know, a cheap product. Uh, and just the level of information that people are out there willing to share is just, you know, it's quite a testament to the, the community that is out there. Um, you know, just even going back several years, you know, I kind of got started on the platform when it was, you know, I've been doing this for about seven years ago and just even the level of detail back then is just, it, it was, it's, it's kind of stunning, especially when you take into effect that a lot of the people sharing this information technically could consider themselves competitors. They could be working for competing partners that that are that are going after the same uh, you know the same sort of sort of business um, you know and I don't even know if this is kind of on Sitecore's radar or if they kind of tout that but it's it's really a strength of the platform itself if you you know if you if you really get into it it's um, such a strong ecosystem of people willing to share information on mm. on various technical levels don't you think I'm pretty sure Sitecore does does mention this in their sales. I, I mean, it seems to me it would be silly otherwise. It actually, it actually extends further than that. I, the, the Sitecore environment is, is, uh, to me, it was very unique. I can also tell you from, from experience in, um, back in the early days when, I mean, Sitecore resources are scarce anywhere, right? Everybody desperately craves them and, and there's just not enough of them. But in Denmark, there was an unwritten rule between the partners. I don't think they ever sat down and discussed this, but they just never, they never poach, uh, you know, resources at each other. It's not that they'll never make a job offer to somebody working for a Sitecore client, uh, which is, uh, I mean, it's, it's great, right? It just keeps it, keeps it on it, keeps it clean. But, uh, it's, it's also atypical, I think, for, for the tech industry. In general, especially given the need for cycle developers. So yeah, I mean the, the community is great. I you know I remember uh, back when back when there was, I mean there was probably I don't know a couple of handfuls of us uh, who started blogging or I think there was this thing going on the Yahoo pipes or whatever <laughs> yeah. on some Yahoo forum. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. And uh, then Blogger came out. That's that was my platform. Um, and we were just basically sharing, sharing information, sharing knowledge, sharing experience. Uh, mind you, also back back in that day, the, I would say I think I'm being polite by saying the sidecore documentation was scarce. <laughs> there yeah, was sure, sure. maybe not so much. Uh, certainly not what we see today. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so so the need for information was also, I think, bigger at the time. Um, and that's, that's certainly how I got into it. Just sharing, you know, my experiences, uh, ranting a lot in, in the early days. I <laughs> probably toned that, that down a bit now. Um, but just basically, you know, we all, I think everybody who works with Sitecore all experience from time to time that, 
oh my, how does this work? How do we, how do we solve this? This is an area I haven't tried because the, the, the platform is so vast, right? And, and especially nowadays when they, when they started bringing in like solar and Mongo and whatever technologies, I, I had no exposure. I didn't even, uh, maybe knew what MongoDB was before Sidecore brought it into play, but that's about the extent of my knowledge on it. So I, I sort of had to scramble and learn that anew. And I'm, I'm highly appreciative of the fact that there is a community that, that has this experience that brings it to the table on, well, on Stack Exchange, but also on blogs and, and wherever else you go, really. Yeah, and you bring up a good point with Stack Exchange. I mean, looking at that for a second, it kind of got its start with Stack Overflow. I think Stack Overflow was created by, if I remember right, it was mm. uh, Joel Spolsky and um, uh, the name uh, Jeff Atwood. Um, you know, and they kind of started that site as a response to these 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 sites that were h- hiding information behind a paywall. So if you were a developer and you got some sort of error and you're trying to figure out, you know, I wonder how I get around this, uh, you, you maybe Google for it, and these sites would show up that you know purported to have the answer, but in order to get at the answer, you had to. Um, you know, you kind of had to, you know, pay them for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, pay for it. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, they kind of looked at it as there's there's got to be a better way. So, you know, that, that kind of, uh, that platform then lent itself to other sites. So I guess um, maybe you can kind of go into and talk a little bit more about what exactly Stack Exchange is. Mm. Yeah, so basically there, I mean, uh, it's this is not, the, the idea of Sitecore, uh people, developers or whatever, Sharing information on the Stack Exchange network is not new. There is, and and has been almost from the start, uh, a number of tags you could use on Stack Overflow to ask Sidecore questions um, and get involved. And this this has been, you know, it's not been massive, but there has been a steady uh, core base of users over the years. And I think recently we saw some numbers like there was maybe five or six thousand questions total on Stack Overflow that had Sidecore related tags on them. So it's it's definitely there and always has been. Um the the issue with that is that you're we're a very small group in a very large sea, right? Because the 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 scope of Stack Overflow is so incredibly massive, uh covering pretty much every programming language known to man and even even a few more probably. Um it is it's it's difficult to find a home there and build a a community around it. Um, first of all, uh, we are being moderated by. I mean, moderation on Stack Overflow is like a very very high level approach because there's so many diverse technologies and millions of questions coming through, and nobody can can really keep track. Um, and also, many of our questions. This is this is probably one of my key um, things to that I'll bring up later in the debate, but many of the questions that are cycle related are not strictly programming related. Like how, how, how do I configure workflows for blah, blah, blah. That's not a programming related question. And as such is really uh, off topic for Stack Overflow. Now, the, the fact remains though, that they are often tolerated because again, because there's not enough moderation effort going going on really. Uh, so the questions are allowed to slide and that has been fine for, for a number of years, but ever so often uh, some person comes along, asks a question on Stack Overflow, tags it Sidecore and then tags it C Sharp or jQuery. And then uh, you basically risk that, you know, some jQuery expert comes by, says, what's this question about? It's not program related. And then 
basically votes to close it. And that's, that's, that's a, that's the annoying aspect of it. It's just how, that's how the community driven site works, but it's also, it doesn't really work in our advantage because Sitecore is so much more than just programming. Um, and that, that actually leads us to why, why is Sitecore Stack Exchange? Uh, is exactly to address this issue, uh, that only, I don't have exact numbers, but I'm guessing somewhere around 25% to 30% of the questions we see now on the Sidecore Stack Exchange site are actually uh, scoped in a way that could go on Stack Overflow, but the rest are they're so diverse, right? They're covering everything from MongoDBs to Solar to uh, how do we do this operation in the content editor to, uh, yeah, I mean, go look for yourself. There's like plenty of things going on, all things psycho related, and uh, that we now have um, a good home for. I feel. Yeah. No. So, kind of going back to the history of some of these Stack Exchange sites, I mean, I, I think the the challenge that a lot of folks ran into on on Stack Overflow in particular is it's not is is not geared towards non programming questions. So. Uh, you know, and then people had questions that were kind of on the edge or somewhat maybe not on the edge, and there really was no venue for that. So, you know, maybe I was a programmer trying to get Visual Studio to install into a different directory or something like that. And, uh, you know, the, the, the question would get closed as not a programming question. So, you know, there was, uh, you know, I, I think they took that platform and it led to other sites mm. like Server Fault, which is geared towards kind of system administrators, people that are administrating, you know, uh, you know, servers or, or what have you, or super user, you know, more kind of general commuter related questions. And it, it still kind of had that mm. same format, right? It's, yeah. uh, you know, somebody could ask a question and people could submit answers to that question and other people could vote up and down those questions to say, yes, you know, I agree with this question or no, you know, I don't don't agree with this question, or this is a really good question. Maybe it should, you know, we should get that. And as, as that gets done, you kind of gain fake internet points on each of these sites called reputation that gives you, um, that, you know, that kind of shows your authority within that community. So, you know, and I know they branched out into many non-technical things. I mean, it's kind of a humorous story is I was trying to, you know, I, I was trying to cook Thai coconut you know, kind of Thai coconut curry. Uh, and I, every time I tried it, like the milk would separate. It would just separate. It was kind of gloppy and it was all kind of disgusting. I post something. I think it's uh, Seasoned Advice is the uh, is the name of the cooking stack exchange site that allows you <laughs> to kind of ask cooking questions. So I asked, you know, like I described the process and like, yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble. My, my coconut curry always separates. And I mean, to this day, I think that question's gotten over like 80,000 views. <laughs> it's the only question I have on that network. And, um, and some of the answers, quite frankly, are just, are, are stunning. Like there was a guy that I think wrote a, an entire cookbook on Thai cooking oh, wow. that submitted, uh, an answer to the question. So it's just a testament to the community that's out there. And there, you know, if you look, if you're on Stack Overflow and you can kind of see hot questions in other communities and, you know, there's stuff from like Japanese language to role playing games to world building within fiction and so forth. So it's, um, there's just these amazing communities out there. So kind of what, you know, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were the one that submitted the proposal to have a Sitecore, uh, a, a dedicated Sitecore community created. Yeah, I've actually tried this. I mean, several of us have actually tried this. It's been tried as early as, I think, 2010, um, where there simply wasn't enough enough traction to to get that going. You need quite a lot of commitment from the community to make it happen. And I recorded instances of it has been, had been attempted in 2000 and I think 12 and 14. 
And then we were, I think one night we were sitting, somebody brought up the, the issue on Slack. Um, and I said, well, well, maybe we have enough community to, to do it now. So let's give it another go. And, and these two things actually relate a lot because I think the key reason this succeeded this time is because of Slack, because of the very tight community we have there with thousands of users every day, the ability to instantly communicate and coordinate our efforts on, on evangelizing this new site and getting people involved. Uh, I think that was instrumental to, to making it happen because it has been, the site has been in a pretty closed, you know, little environment up until last week because it was a closed beta and you couldn't find it on any search engines and it didn't show up anywhere. So if you didn't know about it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I was one of the early committers on the project. Yeah. Um, and I think folks that kind of don't know how it works is you kind of submit an idea for one yeah. of these new stack exchange sites and then um, you got to get enough other people to commit to it to actually get it started. So we finally did get the the com- the, the community started, and I think it was just right yeah. before symposium. <laughs> worst worst possible timing. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, nobody was really around to populate the site with uh, with questions and so forth. Mm. So you know, for the longest time, they were actually going to shut down the site. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was uh, that was a pretty tough uh, period. I mean, there was there was more to it than that. It is very true that. There's a, I think there was a number of things happening. So one of them being, yeah, obviously we lost a week because everybody was a symposium and nobody really uh, had time to to invest in in building this site. But the second thing was, it was misunderstood by certainly by myself and probably by many in the community of what the scope of the closed beta would be, right? Because I think many of us were under the assumption the closed beta is, is about getting a good range of questions in there right, to, right. to describe the versatility of topics that would be allowed here, especially to show the difference from why not stack overflow. Right. Well, um, so that's what we were focusing on. We were not focusing enough on the volume of it because I was Sure. I was under the assumption yeah. that well, volume will come once we get more users in, but it's a closed beta and and only uh, well only but three hundred people committed and you know so I was expecting the growth to come right. uh, once the beta opened up. So we right, were right. working under that assumption, and then the the message came from Robert uh, Cacciano, I think, uh-huh. and that uh, sorry, the site isn't going to make it. There's simply not enough going on, and we were all like, oh, actually, this is not <laughs> this is not what we expected. We were expecting it to go open beta and then we'll see if you know what happens right so um so basically what happens was we were discussing it again on slack uh again instrumental to the success of this it was like should we give up or, or, or how do we go about it and then we basically rallied all our all our energy and said no 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 let's let's do this because we can do this there's like so many of us here there's so many people committed to making this a success so each each and every one of us just puts in like two questions a day and and answers two questions we will break those thresholds easily right. it's not yeah. it's not really yeah. a problem it's just a matter of getting enough people involved and and wow did we do that <laughs> uh, basically the numbers skyrocketed um, so many questions coming in. Uh, we were way above all the known thresholds. We were growing really rapidly. On top of that, a, a couple of people uh, started up initiatives of, uh, hey, this is how you can get a, a or easily request an access because everybody in the beta could could invite right, other right, people to the that. beta. Yeah. So some online forums were set up. I don't actually have. I think they're taken down now anyway because we're an open beta. But 
Uh, so the user count rose from the 300 who committed to, I think, about 750 oh, wow. by the yeah, time yeah. we exited closed beta. So that's a significant growth, right? Yeah, yeah. Of people we, people we just rallied to the cause. Um, and yeah, of course, as a natural response to that, the number of questions grew, the number of answers, people were gaming this. I mean, that's the, one of the key principles of Stack Overflow. You, you win these, as you say, internet points, right? You get a little bit of reputation. There's a little bit of a game going on, which is, uh, I think very key to the success of these sites. It, it makes it fun for people to no, spend yeah, time sure. answering questions and so on. And, uh, then happily, uh, you know, first the announcement came after a couple of days of this effort just to show the Stack Exchange people what we actually were capable of, what were our level of commitment was. Uh-huh. Uh, they extended the closed beta for two We basically gained two more weeks. Okay, so show us what you can do kind of thing. And then uh, quite happily now they've opened the beta. So I, I think it's safe to say we reached the goals we should, uh, which was uh, fantastic. And now... Uh, in open beta, no no open beta site has ever been closed, in, oh, to yeah. my knowledge. Yep. So That's nice. we're good. We want we want to finish the beta phase, of course. We want to be a real site, uh, but now things are. It's not with an axe over your head, so to speak. It's like now, okay, let's <laughs> let's keep growing this thing, and and it's growing. I mean, fifty. I think fifty or so users a day, right now. So it's it's amazing. It's beyond anything I would have ever imagined when we started out. Yeah, yeah. So now, uh, now that kind of when we're in beta, and I guess if you haven't seen it yet, there would definitely be a link to the Psych or Stack Exchange site in the show notes for this episode. Um, but you know, I, I guess what do we need? What do we need from people here um, to kind of get to the next level to become quote unquote a real site and get out of beta? Um, I guess what, what's the ask for the community? Yeah, that is a participation, right? All right. Um, so by participation, I mean just just uh, ask questions, answer questions, uh, especially answer questions, even though there might be a couple of answers in there. If you feel you have an angle that says, oh, actually, I can shed some light on this from an angle that isn't covered by any of the answers, then by all means, add it in and get get involved. Sure. Uh, right now, we are doing... We're doing really well on on the number of questions that we're getting and the answers we're getting. Uh, we need to keep that up, and then we just need more people to engage with that community. So, and by engaging, I mean you know get involved, upvote some questions, use your voting capabilities, uh, get involved, uh, score some reputation because we yeah. need a good solid base of people who are willing to engage with the site, basically. Sure, and this sure. this brings I don't think we've covered this in so much detail, but and it might be obvious to somebody coming from the Stack Overflow network, but um, the the whole the the major difference between a Stack Exchange site and a traditional community forum, right? Because this is a question I get asked a lot. To say why not why not for instance community.sitecode.net or any other forum technology, and 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 this is where. They differ. Okay. This is a community collaborative. Uh, it's not a wiki, but it, it certainly has some resemblance to a wiki, right? Uh-huh. The idea being that we want all these questions recorded for for the future, so people will find these questions, come back, and and draw use of them. It's not just about, hey, I'm gonna log in here, I'm gonna ask a question, somebody's gonna help me, and then you know you can basically throw it away. 
it's it's more like okay, but we want the questions to be easy to find. We want them tagged properly. Uh, we want good responses, and we want them updated over time if possible. Uh, we want mistakes corrected. That kind of thing, and that's that is that is what we need from the community is active engagement with the site. Never mind the reputation points. There are some metrics that are in play there, but they will come quite easily on their own as long as people engage with with the community on this and help maintain the site for for everyone. Where a forum is is more static in that way that the you someone will ask a question, a number of people will respond, and it will be discussed, and at some point the thread sort of dies, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, this is not what's supposed to be on, on a stack exchange site. It's supposed to be constantly made better. There are certain, well, sta- we've, we actually just discussed this today. We, we don't really want to call it standards. There are certain community guidelines as to how, how you should, what a good question is, like make sure there's enough information in there to answer it. And same also, what, what is a good answer? Well, it's like make sure that the answer is actually there and not just a link to somewhere else or a ha- half suggestion or that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's really what, what we need from the community. We need more people to come here. And I think that will come quite automatically as we start appearing on Google search results with, uh, I mean, we have, what do we have now? We, I think we have something like five, 600 questions in there, oh, wow. which, which is not, it's not a lot, but considering it's, it's 10% of what has got into Stack Overflow over seven, eight years, sure. I think is actually very impressive. And if we, if we keep that rate going, then by the end of the year, I mean, we should be very high on Google search results for pretty much all the common questions, or at least that's that's what I hope. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I guess it's worth noting, you know, <coughs> those non-programming questions are totally welcome on the site. And you know, uh, I look back at kind of my experience on the platform, and you know, working with end users, and you know, the site's built, and they're kind of in the the content management phase. They're just kind of managing their content at this point, and they they often has questions on, you know, how do I change workflow on something, or how can I easily translate this field? Um, and that's not always that's not always readily apparent to the end user. So I guess, you know, it's worth noting that this, this community question and answer site is not just for developers and not just for kind of programming language questions, but like folks that are kind of asking, how do I use this thing? How do I, how do I actually use Sitecore to do certain functions? Those are very welcome. Yeah. We, we don't really see enough. Yeah. So would I. I just don't know how to reach up because I, because I come out of the sort of developer community. I'm not sure how to reach into the uh, reach across the table, so to speak, or whatever. I would, I would definitely love to see more user or user oriented questions or marketing related questions or how do I pull out this report kind of questions. We don't really see enough of them today. I would, I would definitely love for the broader community to get, get in here as well, because now we are free from the uh, I wouldn't say shackles. That's wrong. It's it's negative, right? And it's not really negative. But now we are free of the limits that Stack Overflow imposes on on us, right? We now, as long as it's psycho related in any way, shape, or form, it's valid here, right? Right, right, right. And you know, I think it's a case of, um, you know, it's a case of. It's a more appropriate forum for those questions. Yeah. I mean, you know, once yes. they argue, Stack Overflow is a programming, you know, it's it's for programming related questions. 
And so, um, you know, if you're out there listening to this now, that's I, I, I would say that's one of the takeaways I, I guess I'd like to uh, emphasize is, you know, if you're if you're not a part of the site, please sign up go sign up and then reach out to somebody else that you know that maybe isn't a technical person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that the goal of this podcast is not just for developers. It's, you know, it's to get everyone in the Psychor community uh, valuable information. And I think it, it, it behooves us to get, um, you know, the, the non-technical users asking their questions because it's, it, it becomes a better repository for Psychor information. Oh yeah. Um, so definitely, you know, yeah, we're a bunch of developers that kind of started this site, but you know, we don't bite and we definitely welcome these questions, you know, and sometimes as developers, you're kind of focused on like, how do I extend this pipeline or how do I do this or that? And, you know, a lot of times you get a question of like, you know, how do I create an engagement plan or, you know, how do I create a profile card? Where is that in the interface? I can't quite remember. I mean, those are, those are, um, you know, those are valid questions to ask. Um, you know, and I, kind of the other opposing part is that while the documentation has gotten a lot better um, from the developer standpoint, the end users, the, the documentation isn't that great because a lot of times the end user experience is very difficult. De- Dependent on how the how the the solution was developed, so it not necessarily um, you know is something that can be documented all the time. But I think a, a forum for somebody to ask questions of how they can do something and then get various answers or have people kind of ask clarifying questions uh, is definitely valuable for the for the end users. I would think so as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's you know it's been a great discussion, Mark, and uh, I want to give people the ability to kind of know where they can find you online. Uh, obviously, you're a moderator on the Stack Exchange site, but where else? Uh, where else can people find you online? Okay, uh, well, everywhere. <laughs> um, so my Twitter handle Cassidy.dk. Um, that's definitely I'm, I'm fairly active. This is new to me, by the way. Well, re- reasonably new. Um, um, so I tweet a lot there. Um, my blog into the core.cassidy.dk, uh, 10 years running to 11 years, actually. Oh, oh, yeah, almost 11 years. Uh, I don't, I don't update it as often as I'd like. Um, but that's, I guess the, the downside of being an independent uh, contractor. <laughs> uh, we're often very busy when we work. So yeah, but, but it's there. Uh, there's a lot of good information there, I think. Uh, yeah, and definitely, kind of as we discussed earlier, uh, another great place to find you is on the Psychor community Slack team. Yes, um, uh, you know, as a that's kind of where I got a hold of you to get you on the show here. But um, you know, and I, I definitely see you, uh, you know, participating in a lot of the channels, predominantly the Stack Exchange channel, just as we coordinate the efforts around there. But uh, it definitely seems to be a place you can find you. Yes, I, I'm, I'm pretty, whenever I'm at a PC, I would have Slack uh, running. So that's if you want me and you want me fast that's a good way of going about it um and then yeah i mean there's plenty of of other outlets uh even even something archaic such as email mark at cassidy.dk I'll check that. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, if you've made it this far through the show and you're still uh, have not signed up for uh, the Sitecore Stack Exchange community, please do so. Uh, you know, if you're driving, please be safe uh, when you get into work or something. Um, go ahead and sign up. Uh, we're definitely wanting to, uh, you know, improve uh, improve the quality of that site. It's not just for us. It's it's for you, the you know, the listeners to the this podcast. We we want it to become a really good resource of and repository of, of, of Sitecore information. So sign up, 
Uh, and if you are signed up, uh, get somebody else to sign up, uh, maybe a technical or non-technical user. Um, and, and definitely ask your questions there. The, the, you know, the, the more questions, the better, uh, it, it definitely adds to the site. So with that, uh, thanks for tuning in this week and we'll catch you next time on Core Sampler. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Core Sampler. To see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit coresampler.fm. There, you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.